AM 560. That was the old regime. Who's going to go to jail for this? KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Sweet as candy, it's taste is on my mind. Girls, you got me thirsty for another. Are people talking about perhaps an asymmetry uh, uh, administration of... Yeah, a lot of them are. And um, in particular, they want to know why a sitting president who had the authority to declassify documents, um, they're going after him, whereas a former vice president, and don't forget, that's when all these documents were taken by Joe Biden is when he was vice president. A former vice president has got them all over the place, all kinds of buildings. Uh, including a garage next to his uh, Corvette. Uh, why, why is that okay? Why did they just say, oh, have your attorneys just go through those documents and send us back the ones you have questions about? Yes, there is a real uh, question about the disparate treatment. Disturbing to all of us is that we don't have a media anymore that is interested in pursuing truth. It's just all about narrative telling and keeping their party of preference in power. Well, we're going to talk about things now on the more local statewide level here in the state of Missouri and how, you know, there's 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 definitely that tension as well in the in the swamp sludge of Jefferson City to talk about that and so much more. Frequent friend of the show, our our uh, senator from the southwestern lands, Missouri State Senator Jill Carter, joining us once again. She's at Jill Carter thirty two on Twitter. Senator, good morning to you. Welcome back to KWTO. Well, good morning, Tim. How are you? We're doing fine today, Jill. Thank you so much. You know, Senator, before we get into some of the news um, here in the state of Missouri. Uh, regarding legislation, public policy, and politics, I did want to ask you about one of your successors that that I served with in the House and that many of your colleagues uh, serve with in the Senate, our good friend, the late Speaker of the House, Senate President Pro Tem, Ron Richard. Jill, I'm sure you got to know or got to see or got to meet Ron Richard over the years. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to give your reflections and your remembrances of him. Wow, I just, um, looking over the life of Ron, um, he was somebody who got into politics. I think he ran, he first got elected as the Joplin City Council member in 1990, which was the year I graduated. Um, <laughs> he was somebody, he was somebody that if you were, if you were involved in politics at all, you knew the name Ron Richard. He was a household name. Um, he was somebody I watched from a distance when I got more involved in politics, going up to the Capitol on some issues and, after my election, he was somebody who was on speed dial quite a few times if I needed something and or just needed clarification or had a concern. And he always was quick to take the call or, you know, one time in particular, I texted him and said, hey, do you have a minute? And he said, yes. And he was Johnny on the spot. He really did care about the institution um, in the Senate. He cares about he still cared about um, decorum. He was all about um, bringing dignity to those offices, and and his heart and passion was, you know, for the for the state and for the people. 
Mm. Well, well, well stated, Senator. You know, he um, I, he was such a historian too. He cared so much about, as you just said, the institution preserving it. He he knew that his time, uh, because of term limits, was going to be limited, and he knew that he served in the the People's House and the People's Senate. And he uh, he always took the time to preserve not only the buildings themselves. He did so much to preserve our our poor old decrepit buildings. You know, they're over a hundred years old now. Uh, because he wanted future generations of Missourians to speak that, to 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 see them, but like you said, it was also just the institution it, itself that he cared very deeply about as well. And he will be he will be greatly missed. Senator, one of the um, political, sorry, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Go right ahead. I was just going to say he was definitely a political godfather. Yeah, that's a that's a great great way to put it. Indeed, the only the only person in Missouri history to serve at the top spot in both legislative chambers. Uh, Senator, speaking of the upper chamber, one of the upper chamber's priorities, one of your priorities over the last uh, session, your first session, was two of the bills that actually got across the finish line, two of the very few, right? And that would be the uh, Save Women's Sports Act and the SAFE Act to protect kids from all sorts of bizarre, strange uh, experimentation on them. Senator, talk about why you felt it important in your first year in the Senate to be so involved with Senator Mike Moon and the others to try to get those bills across the finish line, which you did. Well, I think that what we're seeing is just an attack on our children across the board, you know, um, from womb to later in life. Um, And if we, one role of government is to protect the innocent. And I think that, that that is one of the, this bill, the SAFE Act is one of those bills. We had seven weeks remaining when it passed. It was something that we wanted to take up and get done early on in session. It was a priority of the caucus. Um, I think when we were all finished, there was a 15-hour filibuster um, by the Democrats, but it voted out of the Senate on a 24-8 to vote. I think, honestly, Tim, this is one of the bills, I think, that may have set a record as far as co-sponsorships. By the time we were done, there were 18 Mm. co-sponsors. And and so... I, I think it was a priority. I think it was something that, that a lot of us wanted to seek it across the finish line. I know there was a little bit, there was a little bit of a tug of war as to when that was going to happen in the Senate. But um, I think we pushed once we opened, took that bandaid off, you know, we wanted to make sure that we got it across the finish line. And I'm, I'm glad that we did. Boy, that's really notable. I did not know that, Jill, that there were 18 coasts. Get, getting 18 senators to agree on anything these days is a notable achievement. So the fact that you had, a total of 18 co-sponsors on the on those pieces of legislation was important. Senator, equally, how important was it for the governor to uh, actually, you know, make note of signing these bills? You know, he's he he signed them early uh, a week or two ago. I think he has until like mid July to decide whether to sign or veto all legislation. Uh, he did not just let those bills go into law. You can do that. There's a pocket signature in Missouri. He actually had a signing ceremony. He signed them early. He made a big deal out of it. How important was it that our governor brought attention to that, like so many other governors in other states that have done the same thing? Well, I think it sends a message of unification. I think it sends a message that that it was a priority of the Republican Party. I think it sends a message to, I mean, to our red state, you know, that these are issues that we're willing to take a lead on, um, especially when we're watching other red states that have passed legislation similar to this. It does have a sunset in four years. So that's something that we're going to have to try to take up and just, um, you know, wade mm. through. But, but I do think that um, 
with what we're seeing happen in Europe and other places, I think we're headed the right direction. And, and a lot of this is just, some of it is very emotionally driven. And I think sometimes we have to pull ourselves out of the, that emotion and just say, really, it's not about, it's not about um, what, what appears to be the issue. It really is just about protecting kids and doing what's right you know, for those kids, when you see that Europe is banning it and all of these other states, and that really doesn't help um, with depression and things like that, as they say that it does, it actually, it, the indications are that it actually exasperates depression. Um, so those are some of the issues that we're wanting to just make sure that, that we're dealing with in a, in a way that, that helps our kids. Mm-hmm. And how important is it for 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 women, young ladies, to speak up on this? I've I've been I've been taking note that more and more are coming forward. People from previous generations who were the trailblazers, like Martina Navratilova, have spoken up about this, uh, and uh, everyone in between, uh, down to Riley Gaines. And I just saw last week several of her teammates finally came forward, we, and we learned why they didn't come forward previously. They were basically threatened by the NCAA and some of these very powerful uh, institutions that told them not to come forward, but now uh, they're able to do that. They have the courage. We need to encourage more young women, young ladies to come forward as well. And the men in their lives need to stand by them too, don't they? Because this is so critical to our next generation of leaders, isn't it? Oh, I, I completely agree. I think one of the most pivotal moments in this session for me was having Chloe Cole and Luca Hine come and speak to me in my office. Mm. I invited other um, women senators to come down and visit. And, and in a time where diversity, equity, and inclusion is being pushed, you know, so heavily, it is, it's difficult to say, to stand up and say, look, I, I should be included that as a woman, I should be included in that part of diversity. Right. But that doesn't mean that I have to necessarily give up my womanhood to say that I don't agree with, you know, whether it's competing in, in women's sports or things like that that a lot of this is, again, not the emotion attached to it, but what is it that we're doing as a culture mm. at the cost of someone else? You know what I'm saying? And so yes. but to have those women come and sit in my office and talk about their experience as young teenagers going through transition and to learn kind of a, through the process that it really their, their depression, their anxiety was actually, actually being um, exasperated by some of the processes and that their parents had been told that if they didn't want blood on their hands, that they were going to have to help support them through this process. So it wasn't something that even the parents wanted to do or felt right about, but me- the medical professionals had told them that, that if they didn't, then their kids would be, continue to be more depressed and more anxious. And so that was just a really eye-opening experience for me. I think it's one of those experiences that I will never forget having those young girls talk about um, their life experience and what they've gone through. And once they started to detransition and the pain and the weight and toil on, on their, on their bodies, even um, it was just something that definitely made it easier to stand up and say, no, this is the right thing that we're doing. Such powerful testimony. Folks, we've been speaking with Missouri State Senator Jill Carter. She's at Jill Carter 32 on Twitter. Uh, Senator, before we let you go, we're now in the interim, your first interim session. What are you up to these days? What do you want folks to know about what you're working on in preparation for next year? Well, um, I appreciate that, the opportunity there. Um, I'm doing a children's task force meeting. I've got a meeting with... um, 
today, actually, after uh, Ron Richards' viewing, we've got a meeting, a roundtable meeting with all of our school district. Our teachers have been, all have been invited to a roundtable meeting on education concerns. Um, I'm participating in the Education Commission of the state. Um, I'm one of seven commissioners, education committers, commissioners for the state. So we'll be attending at a conference in um, Minnesota, I think that is. And so that's coming up, trying to prepare for that. And then also just spending time with constituents. I think that's one of my favorite things is going and spending time with, you know, the local pharmacist and going and spending time with the local teacher and the small business owners. And that's something that I'm just really passionate about and have enjoyed doing and hope to do more of. Well, you're obviously embracing the office and the responsibility there, too. And we thank you so much for that and all the service that you give the folks of your district and the state of Missouri in general. Senator Jill Carter, our guest here this morning. Jill, thank you so much for all the time. God bless, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Uh, There she goes. Senator Jill Carter, at Jill Carter 32 on Twitter. Man, I'll tell you, one of the true bright beacons in the Missouri State Senate. I'm so glad that she was elected last year, and we're going to definitely continue to have her on the show to tell you what's going on down here in southwest Missouri. All right, we're going to get to a break now. It is 731 in the Heartland. Don Luzader got all the local news you need to know. When we come back, we can take your phone calls. We'll have those phone lines open. 417-866-0933. 417-866-0933. Tim's Top 3 and Gabe Pfeiffer coming up at 8.05 and 8.15. Lots more straight ahead on a very busy Tuesday morning here at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO News. KWTO News Time is 732. Fair skies were at 59 degrees in Springfield. Sunshine today with a high near 80 degrees. A man from Nixus facing felony charges after allegedly photographing himself having sex with a minor. Adam Reed is charged with sexual exploitation of a minor and possession of child pornography. The victim contacted police, told them about having sexual contact with Reed when the victim was 17. The victim told investigators that Reed had photographed the encounters and threatened that if she told anyone that they would, she would be in trouble for having child pornography. Reed has not been arrested yet. The city of Springfield is sending out citizen surveys. The city says those surveys have been mailed to 12,000 randomly chosen households in the Springfield city limits. It's intended to gather feedback about city programs and services ranging from Community services, public safety, parks and recreation, code enforcement, public works, and communication. The survey is estimated to take about 15 minutes to complete. Responses.